often think that psychological safety has become a bit of a myth. It's a buzzword, most definitely. There's lots of information available around psychological safety, and there's been a lot of research and evidence to support this notion of psychological safety. But I think there's also a bit of a myth around it. People think they know what it is, but not quite sure, perhaps. And because of the term, the term itself might not be very helpful because when we think about psychological, we think about the mental state of being. We might reflect that actually what it's about is mental health, it's about well-being, but actually it's not. Those things are linked, but that's fundamentally not what it's about. So in this episode, we actually talk and explore this idea of psychological safety and what it means, and we demystify it with Ian Webster. And we're really pleased that Ian was able to join us for this conversation. Ian is a change consultant with 20 years of experience working across broadcast, media, learning and professional service organizations. And he has a long-standing passion for exploring how the human dimensions of business can drive performance, particularly within teams and projects. So our conversations and ideas are quite aligned, really. And one of Ian's key strengths is, is in leading and facilitating dispersed teams with diverse skills and backgrounds, and his blend of finance process, people skills, help him support clients by marrying that data-led tool approach with deep listening and empathetic facilitation. Ian actually leads Humotion to inspire teams and their leaders to do their best work, releasing untapped potential and activating humanity in business. Really hope you enjoy this episode where we demystify what psychological safety is. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. Welcome to this episode, everyone. Um, so this is subject we, we're talking about today in this episode is a real sort of personal passion of mine. And it's all centered around this idea and concept of speaking up. And we hear a lot about speaking up in the workplace. A lot of organizations talk about culture of speak up. We hear about speaking up and listening up. We talk, you know, a lot of these things. And then sometimes we hear about um, the mixing up of speaking up with other other concepts. And and the, and, and what this, this is about is basically psychological safety. So we've got a, a, a guest with us, Ian Webster. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you both. Thank you. Good to have you here. And... We're really, you know, what I'm hoping to get out of this, and Ishreen, add to this, please. Mm. And and obviously yourself as well here, you know, I'd really like us to demystify this concept, this idea of psychological safety, because I think not a lot of people really understand it when it comes down to it. 
Yeah, I think it's become a bit of a buzzword and some organizations love it and feel it's like really important. And I think there's also a bit of a backlash against it as well, which I don't mm. fully understand. So I'd love to explore that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think language is really important. And the the word itself is not the most accessible point into what essentially is quite a, a simple subject. We all recognize it when we see it. But uh, the last thing we need really is for jargon to get in the way. So, yeah, I think oh. it'd be good for us to get. I, to, I, I love the fact that you've used the word accessible because, you know, accessibility is something that's really important in when we're talking about diversity, inclusion and all of those sorts of things as well. So so just just interesting that you should just start with a reflection that language itself isn't helpful in this instance because it can take you off down a different yeah. perhaps route. Yeah, and so that's explore right. what psychological safety is. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be that would be great, especially in the context of language, like Ian said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, psychological safety is it's it's the ability for them, the belief for people to have that they can speak up, um, they can mm -hmm. put forward ideas, they can ask questions, they can mm. challenge the status quo. And that's probably the most commonly kind of used uh, definition, something around those form of words. I, I like the idea of it's really just essentially um, people feeling safe to be themselves and know that people will have their back. Uh, that's another way of looking at it. Um, mm, nice. Two different angles on and, and, and entry points into what psychological safety is. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Cami, that links really nicely into our last week's conversation about belonging right it does it does mm -hmm. there's a real link in terms of and, and there's something about feeling safe because i when i talk about it Ian, i talk about it from the point of view are we do we feel safe to speak up you know there's something that happens in our brains you know that might be also heart-led it could be instinctual because our lived experience comes up to play with it consciously or subconsciously right i know we're going deep already but but there's something about safety and feeling of being safe and it certainly as you say it links in with that idea of belonging i think what do you think ian well yeah this is this is a this is a primal need that we all have it, it goes back to you know goes back to our ancestors roaming the plains in mm. tribes of a of, of a hundred or so people and the worst thing that could possibly happen to us was to be cast out of the tribe. Um, that sense of belonging um, mm. is, is really important. Now, we're not about to be attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, um, but that's that wiring is still there. And, and so this is why it's such a base and important and primal thing. And, and it's just yeah. a core need, that belonging, really, that sits um, at the heart of psychological safety. Mm. Mm. That's nice. Mm. That is nice. So um, the conversation around belonging was essentially that I'm safe to be myself and I can be however I am. Um, and clearly psychological safety plays a key role in that, right? But I guess, yeah. I guess what's turning people off from what I hear is the word psychological in there, like it, it implies something medical, right? Yes, I, I, I think... You, you, you asked the man in the street what psychological safety meant. You get, and we put it on. I don't know, 
family fortunes, we get a hundred different answers um, back from people because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have a it, it's rather in, a, in a, as I said earlier rather inaccessible word really. Yeah. Um, when we boil it down, really, it's it's for me really about people's beliefs about how the, 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 their team and the people that are there with uh, will respond to them. Mm. Um, and that's really all it is. Uh, psychology sends us down all sorts of potential rabbit holes, and, and, it, and, and that isn't necessarily very helpful. I, I like to use the word team dynamics. Um, Ooh, nice. That's, a, that's a, yeah. a better way of actually describing does what it says on the like tin, essentially. I like that. It's kind of safe team dynamics is what we're really talking about here. Yeah. 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 So given that, um, you know, the whole nature of teams is changing for a number of reason- different reasons nowadays, right? Um, I've been thinking about how psychological safety plays out in actually ensuring that teams are high-performing, Um and that high-performing teams are inclusive um, in the current workplace culture. I'd love your thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the oft-quoted things around um, psychological safety, people haven't heard of it, is uh, a piece of work that was done by Google about 10 years ago um, mm. called Project Aristotle. Um, mm. It looks like you're both familiar with this. Um Big study, uh, for anyone that hasn't heard of it, done by um, Google. They really, really wanted to know why certain teams performed really well and others not so well. And they threw millions of bucks at this. It took them a couple of years to work through it all. They looked at, I think, something like 250 variables. And I think there was probably an expectation that it would be quite important about who was on the team or the personalities that are involved. And they went through all the Myers-Briggs, all the obvious contenders. And the thing that came emergent from all of this massive data and research was psychological safety. It was less important who was on the team, much Mm. more important how the people in the team uh, worked and interacted with each other, which when you think about it makes complete sense because teams and anything involving people in teams is a complex system and the interactions between the parts are in many ways more important or at least as important as the individual parts themselves in terms of how it behaves. Well, that's interesting. So in our in our language, you know, we tend to um, have three aspects to any culture. We we talk about the systemic, the structural and the individual. Mm. And it sounds like what you're pointing to is the structural element, right? It's like the hierarchy and the communications. I think I think it's both systemic and it's structural. Okay. Um, in terms of in terms of what's there, mm. um, so that was really where it came from in the first instance. Some of the other things that were in the the Aristotle um, findings, there were there were five things that, that came out of it. Um, they talked also about things like dependability, knowing that you could depend upon your your, your teammates, having some structure and clarity. Interestingly, Ishreen, in terms of being very clear about who roles and who does what yeah. accountability yeah. and those types of things and also the importance of meaning and mm. impact so people knew how what they were doing fitted into the bigger picture and they felt that their work had some intrinsic purpose or meaning mm. and, and those were interesting and so and in many respects surprising findings really but those were that was almost the glue really that 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 we found and what google found um consistently coming out of, of high performing teams amazing 
there's an interesting point there though isn't it because i'm also i, I i'm familiar with those findings you know that what google talked about and well, you can read them a different lens on can't you but consistently there's something about tying in with purpose right so people need to be tied in collectively to purpose but there's something also in there about collaboration and about how different and diverse individuals come together with different backgrounds different different um perspectives right so you put the same team together all of the time you'll you get the same results but when you bring different people together you you're more you're going to have more creativity and creativity contributes to high performance in my view so so there's something around that method and mechanism of how google also brought together those teams but in order for then different people with different backgrounds to come together to be able to share ideas you need that component of psychological safety and and from i don't, I don't know what you think about this Ian, but i'm beginning to sort of think that you know there is an element of it's got to go with vulnerability and also trust mm. you know do, do you yeah. know what i mean yeah now there's there's loads we can loads of jumping off points there let's let's look at a couple of things that, that you get uh, you highlighted there uh cami um, I think first of all, um, for when you bring that, as, as you've alluded to there, that greater degree of diversity into a team, I, I think it what it does is it creates a situation where there's a lot more potential, uh, almost like a higher ceiling for the for the group, and also I would argue potentially if the circumstances are right, a, a lower floor as well. Things can things can go wrong. Mm, mm. Um, the thing that that now psych safety is i would argue is one of the main things that can can move it in an upward direction um but what it's really driving and fueling in that situation is inclusion um yeah. because uh, inclusion essentially um is is a, a set, is really what you need to pair with diversity put have diversity on its own then what you, things can fracture very quickly into subcultures and we lose our way um, and I think some EDI efforts may have, have, have fallen foul of that um, because it's much easier in many respects to set diversity up in the sense that you can recruit for it. And it's a tangible thing we mm, can see mm. and get hold of, whereas inclusion is a much more subjective and mm. a, a much more difficult thing to measure and to get our, our hands around and uh, figure out what the direct kind of um, uh, inputs are that are needed to improve it. Now, I'd argue that psych safety is a wonderful shorthand for that because the Venn diagram of inclusivity and psych safety is such, have such a big overlap. That if we work on psych safety, a lot of the things we're looking for in inclusion will naturally emerge as a result of it. Um, so I think there's an interesting interplay there between those three things, really. Um, yeah. I'll come yeah. back to what you said about think, trust in a minute, but I'll let you just respond to that. Well, I'll, yeah, no, I think I think that's that's really that's really interesting and. You know, it, it it sort of leads naturally into a conversation about what gets in the way of building psych safety as well, doesn't it? I mean, there's there's equity, diversity, inclusion, belonging goals yeah. that every organisation has, whether they know it or not. They talk about it either directly or or indirectly to that agenda. Um, but there is something about our wider culture and how building psychological safety can help clear some of those blocks i think you know and and, and i i think trust is probably one of those things that that needs to be within that what do you what do you both think well i i 
I don't think you can have psychological safety unless you have trust, mm, mm. the foundation, right? And they, they do interplay. So psychological safety enables trust. But I'm kind of, I'm still pondering on a conversation a few minutes ago where we're really looking at in order to have diverse colleagues be effective, you've got to have the right systemic and structural conditions that ensure safety. So mm -hmm. to have the right, like it's like, what are those components? And I think you touched on some of them, but it's like, it needs to be, Cami and I were talking earlier about, you know, it's like the water we swim in. If we're a fish, we don't even know that that's, that water is there until we're taken out. Mm. Right. So what is it? What, what are the components of culture that lead to systemic? I'd love to look at them separately to systemic and structural uh, elements that enable people who are different from each other in effect to be like fish who are swimming in that water like what's that water mm. okay i'm just gonna back up for a second and, and just pick up something about trust um I, I look at trust very much as being something in the first instance which is a kind of one-to-one -one quality between between individuals i trust you you trust me because there is there is um that is clearly a, a key foundational building block in any relationship and any kind of uh, particularly, obviously, working relationships with people. Psych safety is almost like the plural of that. So psych safety is not so much a one-to-one -one thing. It's all about group. And it's all about your beliefs of what other people in the group are about. Um, so uh, you could, you could, there's obviously an overlap of, of trust with that. Uh, but I look at trust more in a, in, 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 in an interpersonal one-to-one -one sense. And then psych safety, I look at essentially is what Ooh. collectively do we believe about everything? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, mm. it's a really interesting perspective because I've, I've always thought about trust as being one-to-one, um, -one, like you've just said. But there's also trust between me and my team and there's trust between me and my organization. Mm. And there's trust between me and the environment that we're in. No, trust is a contract, isn't it? So however that contract shows up. Mm. And so it's really interesting that you see psychological safety as a collection of beliefs, if I got that right, in within a broader team environment it, it, it's, about it's what, that group. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, if, if psychological safety is, is everywhere, so if, if if we rock up for the first time on a on, on a call and we've never met each other, um, there'll be a level of psychological safety. For most people, it will be quite low. Um, and in the first instance, when you're there, um, a lot of that will be dependent upon your personal individual beliefs about that type of situation. You, you may not have met the other people, but you will go in with some level of safety and comfort. And some people will be very, very quiet and very... Uh, nervous, others will be more assertive. Now, that's a belief. Um, now, over time, uh, when, when you work and spend time with a group, those beliefs can then be swapped out for actual real experiences. Um, and so your beliefs will be grounded in, in actual 
things that have happened within that environment. And we're constantly working and moving in and out of situations because teams, I believe, are a very fluid thing now. I mean, we have our team, that mm. old-fashioned team off a hierarchy, but we're forever coming into groups. Um, we could talk about teams in the, in, the, in the traditional sense, but any time we come together into a meeting, essentially, we are a team and there is a level of psych safety in that setting. So that's why I like to think about it. And I'm not, I, there's obviously a big overlap with trust, but that's why I like to think about it in terms of teams, because it's always live. It's always on. Um, and if, if you're responsible for that space in any way, uh, particularly if you're facilitating, then it's something you have to be very conscious of when you're working with people, mm-hmm. bringing them yeah. um, in, into meetings and groups and events like that. Yeah. I think that goes back to your question then as well, Ishreen, about the structural element of it then. I think because so. About team environment, you're talking about the organisation, where organisations mm-hmm. tend to have, the bigger you get, the more complex hierarchies, mm-hmm. lots of layers of management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I'm looking at this structurally, um, Another building block I think is helpful to introduce at this point is that really in most organizations, the cultures, I think, are, are essentially a, a collection of subcultures. And the people that set those subcultures up are generally the team leads. And so if we're looking structure to structure, you can go into a large organization and find it. It will have an overall reputation and culture for, you know, it's a great place to work or that's, you know, that's not so great. Um but you will find variability within different um, elements uh, and teams within it. And so I think one of the most interesting structural things, first of all, is what cues you're getting from the top in terms of the kind of level of what I would call sponsorship and the overall um, investment they have in um, in people and culture You'll always say leaders say people are our most important assets. Well, yeah, let's get underneath the surface of that and see actually behaviorally what's really going on. But then really in terms of my experience, I'm an employee within that organization. What's going on, particularly within my team? And it's more of a matrix of teams, as I've just been explaining earlier, but particularly let's keep it simple in hierarchical terms. Mm. My manager and my lead is going to be a point of high leverage in terms of if we can work with that population and help them to build psych safety with their people. Structurally, that's a great way to actually start to, uh, to build psych safety up. That's interesting, Cammy. This is taking me back to our conversations about alignment of values and, yeah. pur- and purpose. Yes. Yeah. Because if I'm here and I've got a manager and then I can see above that manager, there's no congruence, then I'm not going to feel safe because I don't know. I I, I don't have trust. I don't have trust in the organization. And, And the individual has past experience that they bring into the workplace. Yeah. That may or may not be positive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the things, Ian, we've been talking about at the start of our series is is how we erupt privilege culture, right? So, um, and psych safety is something that I think can we can we can we shorthand it? I've just shorthand. Did we shorthand it earlier? I'm, I'm terrible for that, Cavi. Stop me. That might may have been me that introduced the the the, the uh, short. That's all right. That's fine. Um, <laughs> maybe it's a new term. You know, that helps with the language bit. Um, so you know, the the thing the the thing with that wider privilege culture that we have at work is that it's 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 steeped in the structural way we're organized to deliver work, right? So the bigger the organization, the more hierarchy, the impact of hierarchy, 
the 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 impact of power authority all of those things and that talks to what you were talking about Ishreen, right about you've got to try and overcome it with purpose you've got to try and get everyone aligned and but then you also have the systemic because you mentioned that earlier as well and I, I i don't want to forget that point there's something about systemic which is our wider society mm. um experience that we bring into our yeah. workplace yeah so how we navigate those social networks and interactions and you yeah. know how we then reflect those within work as mm. well and that that's that's something that Ishreen and I have a real interest in as well in terms of how do you break down those systemic barriers yeah. um and and I think site safety is probably one of the ways to 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 do that yeah so I'm kind of wondering how would you go about that right Mm. Ian, in your like we have a way of going about it in in our work but Ian, i'm really interested for our listeners to understand how you would go about doing that yeah i i i think i think my approach and would will probably be a little bit different um so let, let me talk a little bit about how we'd look at that i i i actually firmly believe that that we that better performance and, and this can be a, you know better bottom line performance profitability all the rest of it uh, a better run business can be a force for cultural change. Um, a, a lot of culture projects obviously start by looking at culture and look at you know what can we do to influence this and um, work work at it that way. I would argue, and that's that's perfectly valid. I argue another way of doing this is to look at the organisation as a system. To look at the organisation and 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 mm. often people struggle. Because um, people that have studied, people like Denin and John Seddon that have studied systems in organisations will say that 95% of the performance of, of any business comes from its actual system. So how does it all hang together? And a very small percentage, it could be as low as five, comes from the actual person's contribution. Um, and if you're just a, you know, you can feel quite powerless in that situation. And management's, mm -hmm. in, in that model, management's view management's role is to make the system better uh, and then we can get we can get that into things like metrics and uh flow and all of those kind of things so performance for me is the the kind of start point for this and the work that we do actually um has a tool which which tries to bridge two areas which in, in business have never really been linked together so what we do is we do measure psych safety one of the things we do we have a questionnaire, we ask 25 questions and, and identify the main elements of psych safety, breaking down things like certainty, autonomy, relatedness, equity, and significance. So there will be our five main elements. What we'll then do is come and ask the business that we're working with, okay, what are your key performance indicators? What are the things that you as a business want to improve from a performance point of view? Let's say we're working with a retailer and the retailer might say, let's say this retailer's got 100 shops. And they might say, okay, sales per square foot, Ian, is something we're really interested in because that's a, a, a big retail metric. So what we'll do is we'll gather that data. We'll go and survey all of their staff. We'll gather all their data from the stores. And we'll also gather all demographic data. And then we'll put all this together and we'll highlight correlations between variability in psych safety and mm -hmm. store performance. Mm -hmm. So this is actually what this is doing is is crossing the bridge between what so-called softer measures psych safety which would traditionally live in the hr pot over here somewhere um, will be something we'd address on a training 
and, and in a in an L and D uh, environment, and what's going on um, in the FD's world and the operations director's world in terms of performance, because the two are linked, of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Privilege Eruption podcast. Really hope you enjoyed it. And when you've finished listening to the conversation that we had, send us your thoughts, send us your reflections, tell us what you're thinking about psychological safety in relation to your wider organization culture. And, you know, do you have a question about psychological safety and and how it manifests within your culture at work? Look forward to hearing from you. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organisation. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.